This week on How To Be 60, broadcaster Nicky Campbell, as you've never heard him before. Ground control to Major Tom. It's not quite... I could do a better voice down lower, you know? It's really nice of you to say that I look like David Bowie. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Greetings all, this uh, is Kay Adams, still clinging to the edge of the planet, to bring you another How To Be 60 podcast with the crustacean that is uh, Karen McKenzie. (laughs) I know you're not a crustacean, I just think it's quite a good word and it seems to sort of, you know, sum you up in some kind of way. Do you like it? What do you think? (laughs) Okay, all right, she's in one of those moods. Fabulous. Um, Have you enjoyed reading our wonderful reviews? Has that cheered you up? Right, actually, no. (laughs) The background to this is oh, here we go. that you got in touch to say, listen, we've got great reviews. What do you think? Have you seen them? I thought, where, where are they actually? Because I had seen you put some out on Insta, Insta, as they call them, Insta. Instagram. Yeah. And um, I said, yeah, I saw them, but where the hell did you find them? And you kind of went, yeah, yeah, find them. No, in I here. didn't. No, stop it. I was very, very kind to you and I didn't take the mickey out of you. God, see, I, I I hate technology. I love technology when it works, but it's not that it wasn't working. I just couldn't find it. And then you very kindly, Kay, I will say, very kindly, Thank you. Um, sent Thank just you. what I thought was a photograph with a big arrow on it. And I thought, what the hell's that about, <laughs> for God's sakes? And I was out with um, our ex-colleague, or my ex-colleague, Amy, yeah. and uh, I was about to ask her, and then I text you back saying, well, what's this picture you've sent that's useless? And you went, oh, God's sake, give me... Give me strength. It's a video. I know. And I thought, okay, right, I'll watch that when I go home. And actually, yeah, you got it there. I thank you, Kay. I really think you wear crinoline at the weekend. I do. I mean, sometimes. You wear, I wear what? Crinoline. What's that? Crinoline. It just means you're old. That's all. Crustacean, crinoline, bing, bing. We're doing really well today. Do you know today. what? I can actually walk out that door. I'm, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> and that would leave you in the shit, can I just say? No, it wouldn't because Nikki Campbell's coming on. Has he arrived yet? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I really don't need you. This I'm just filling time until we can speak to, to Nicky Campbell. That's that's all I'm doing. You know, um, Nicky might be listening into this. I don't know. Maybe he's doing more important things. He's, he's receipts or something. Um, but I, <laughs> I have known Nicky for, well, I have known of Nicky mm-hmm. for 40 years. Now, he has not known of me for 40 years because we were kind of around the same friendship group, but not at the same time. You know that thing when you're sort of that age? And mm-hmm. Nicky was... Are you the same age? Sorry, are you the same age? I think he's a couple of years older than me. Yeah, because he does look a wee bit younger. So actually, he's older. Interesting. You Interesting. bitch! Just because you couldn't <laughs> play a video. <laughs> Um, he's a couple of years older than me. I think he's just past 60. Um, but he was, and when I say was, I'm only saying at that time, the golden boy. I mean, he was smart, handsome, funny. You know, the boy most likely to succeed. Yeah. Everyone's like, slavering over him. Yeah. Outside your reach completely. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's so funny to sort of be in awe of, of someone. Um, He's probably blushing right now. I don't know if he is listening. He's not even um, listening. He's, he's doing his receipts. He's doing his receipts. Um, oh, no, I wasn't. But he was, you know, at that age, there's just certain people you think, well, they're in a different league. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Do you feel that with me? Yeah, I think you're in a different league. <laughs> <laughs> but it's perhaps not the same thing. Um, 
How do you think at school, if you're going back to that period of time, you know, the yearbook thing, uh, like I think Nikki would have been boy most likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. What would you have been? How would you be you've been remembered at school? Karen Lord. is the blah. My uh, card, uh, what do you call it? Your, um, you know, the, the report card said 98% sometimes acts in a stupid manner. That stuck with me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> No, but like in a negative way. Yeah. Everyone gets 100% unless they're real troublemakers. Speak troublemakers. Yeah. So 98% sometimes acts in a silly manner it was. Yeah. So um, I enjoyed school too much that I didn't bother with work. Right. So I really wasn't very successful. Well, God, that's interesting. I wonder if that put a little seed in your head. Because I always think of you that you don't realise... Well, I see how much potential you've got. I mean, at your age, how much time left have you got to exploit it? But you know what I mean? I always think that you underestimate yourself. And I wonder if something was lodged in your brain at that early age that made you doubt yourself. And I think maybe, and I think being the fourth, the youngest child doesn't help either because the first one's given a lot of attention and the second one's, and then third. But the fourth one, you're like, God, you know, just get them through there's not enough time to deal with the youngest of four children. So I think I was left to kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm sort of on my own here. I don't know, actually. Do you think you'd have been known as the girl most likely to make elderflower cordial? You'd have a wee problem with that, aren't you? <laughs> elderflower. elderflower. Do you know what elderflower looks like, Kay? No, I haven't a clue. Does that not embarrass you? What, that I don't know what elderflower looks like? Yeah. No, I'm quite proud of it. Well, why would I want to know what elderflower looks like? Just to be at one with nature. I would love to pronounce it. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'm not particularly bothered about (laughs) recognising it. Um, Yes, we had elderflower cordial last week, but this week I believe you've you've reached giddy heights of excitement with some new subscriptions. (laughs) Well, they're not new, but they just actually all happened to land on the doorstep this week. I know you're going to be really insulting about them. So why am I even going to mention them? Okay, I promise not to be. Come on, tell me what your new subscriptions are. Well, Gardener's World, <laughs> they're not new. It's a year now because I've just had to pay my second lot. Uh, camping and caravanning. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the third caricature. One, the, no, I'm stopping it. Stop the third, it. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. The third one is caravan and motorhome. <laughs> so fucking dull isn't it do you know what and I love it and I love looking through and I think is there any competitions I could put in for that's great you know it's funny you just made me think there was a a show that I used to do with Nikki funnily enough called Central Weekend um it was a sort of mad fun fight live debate thing um and the first subject that we did was always serious or quite serious and then it all got increasingly bizarre as we got towards midnight um and we did one about caravanning I don't know why. And there was a couple, and I remember interviewing them, and you've got to keep a serious face on. And they love they loved their caravan. Oh, I've got to stop. I shouldn't be taking the mickey out of people. They loved their caravan, and they went in their caravan every single week, and they absolutely adored it. And it was 40 miles. The campsite was 40 miles from their house. But they went to the same one? Yeah, so every Friday night. Christ, I'm not that bad. <laughs> God, I do go beyond the... But I just remember sort of, you know, the lady was telling me about it and she was so earnest and so serious and she loved it so much and they did it every Friday night. They would get in the car with the caravan. They go to the same site 40 miles away, spend the weekend and come back. And, you know, I was in my late 20s and I thought, I just 
do not compute this. No. It was things like that that made me fear the future. Well, you know, no, fear I, I, getting I mean, old because you I'm think, Jesus, is that what it's going to be? I'm struggling with that. Did they stop off a lay-by and get their dick tears out and their cup yeah. of tea? I mean, no, that's that's real. I think that's pretty bad. Yeah. I'm not that bad. I'm actually going away this weekend with my friend Caroline, my personal trainer. Yeah, you told us that last week. Are you going away for the second time? Yes. Is there a problem with that? <laughs> We're very good friends. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Don't tell Stephen. Um, we've got a lovely email and I wish um, it actually had a name on it, but unfortunately it hasn't. Yeah is awful uh, sitting in sunny me house listening to your podcast back to back absolutely hilarious getting strange looks from my fellow sunbathers <laughs> sitting beside me as i laugh out loud i too am 60 this year in august and i am loving the honest open chat between two good pals um well, <laughs> two well, good pals yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is a bit of like i'm off on a 60th holiday with my three good friends i have known since primary school we have many conversations like yours love it love it keep up the great chat oh that's lovely but we don't know who that's from no, we don't. But it's just that thing about friends from childhood. I saw this picture recently. Um, it, it was one of these stories that was doing the rounds on social media. And it was of four guys. I think it was four or five guys uh, in America. And they took the same photograph in the same place, the same pose, etc., from the age of 18 or 19. Right. And they were now approaching 60. And they'd taken the same picture every year. Oh, but this most recent one, one of the guys had been diagnosed with cancer. Thankfully, he survived, but it was obviously touch ago. Um, and, you know, they were just talking about how special their friendship had been all over the years and, and how it felt when they thought one of them is maybe not going to be there. Um, and it just really made me think. We would talk about how we feel about getting older. We talk about losing parents, etc. But losing a friend, like one of your contemporaries, that you've grown up with, I think that's a special kind of hard, isn't it? It is very hard. It is hard. I lost my very good friend, Helen, last a year, last January. Um, she had a brain tumour and I might get upset now. But uh, yeah, it was it was hard because Helen was always there. And yeah, very hard. What about you? Uh, yeah, one of our group, um, actually in her 40s on, from uh, motor neuron disease, um, so that that was very unexpected. Um, and then another dear friend who just did not make it to her 50th um, because of breast cancer. Um, and gosh, she was just like, it's one thing that's always stuck with me because, you know, some people say about cancer, oh, you're a fighter, you're a this, you're a that. Um, and it, I'm not saying it rankles with me, but she was the most positive, the most, you know, effervescent person you had ever met in your life. And... So I, I just don't like the association with the people who'd fought or didn't fight or didn't fight hard yes, enough or, or whatever, yeah. because um, she just gave life absolutely everything. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the, the disease um, took her. Um, yeah, so it's, it's rough. Yeah, it is. It's very, very rough. And you don't expect, mm. well, no, it's just, it's young. It feels so young to yeah. lose somebody. Yeah. Which is maybe a bit of a downer to bring Nikki in on. Um, so I'm sorry about that, uh, Nikki. You're sitting there very contemplatively. I was thinking about Alan, who, my best friend, who uh, I met Gosh. on the first day at school when I was five years old. And uh, we were best pals all the way through school. And then university, we went to university together in Aberdeen. Hello, by the way. Hi. Hello. Hi. And uh, thanks for having me. Um, it's great, this. Um, 
And then we went all the way through university together. And then we joined North Sound Commercial Station in Aberdeen together. Um, he was in the newsroom and I was on the air going, and uh, then we eventually ended up in London together and eventually joined, we were at the BBC together. And uh, he was just, he's my best friend ever. He didn't make 50. He went at 49. Um, but um, yeah, I miss him a lot. But also he was, uh, it was bad towards the end. He had MS and other problems as well. And I, Tina once took the kids on a school run, on the school run. She went past his flat uh, in Clapham and he was, he was like lying on the pavement and he was having an episode, really bad episode. So she said, come down. So I, and there were some kids like goading him and he was, um, it's terrible. So I got down and then I managed to call the police. Now, of course, they turn up in stab vests and everything like that. Because if anyone calls the police in Clapham, you come, <laughs> come in a stab vest, obviously. Um, and, uh, so eventually the, the ambulance came and we got him to the ambulance and he was just having this terrible time. And we got to, got to the hospital and he said, calm down a bit. And he got, well, there was a glimpse of Alan again because they brought him in the, uh, the menu and it was like terrible hospital sort of food menu, mush. And uh, they, actually what happens is they bring you the, the, the food that the last person who's been in has asked for, but oh, they've gone right. out, you get that bit. So he said, and he, he looks at the, the food and he went, and he looks up at them and it was just Alan again, went, excuse me, I ordered the lobster. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he was, uh, he was a, a great uh, force of nature. So, yeah, I mean, but the thing is we talk about the, those we've lost, but we can talk about them with joy, can't we? Um, uh, the great memories and the great laughs we had. We used to laugh till we cried. Mm. When's, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't cr- laughed till I've cried. You know that thing you used to get at school? <gasps> Love it, yeah. Where you just, you were laughing yeah. so much. Yes. That you were, you, you were hurting oh, and yes. you couldn't control yourself. And it was just you with your friends and you were just, yeah, was just you, could, you couldn't talk, you couldn't breathe. Yeah. Well, I, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? Well, f- funny, it's one of the reasons that I... Enjoy doing loose women so much, and you know it's a television program at the end of the day, and most people will see it go out on air, and they'll have their opinions about it, good or bad. But behind the scenes, with a, a number of the the women, sure, we have belly laughs till till we can't speak, and and it, it does take you back to being eight, and it's yes. the most glorious, <sighs> glorious feeling. And I think we do lose it as we, or we can potentially lose it as we get older. Don't you think? Yeah, I'm There's- just. Yeah, there are a few. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a miserableist, and I've got a very happy life, and I'm very blessed. But I can't remember the last time I, I you know, I've laughed and I find things funny, but absolutely lost it, like I'm going to piss myself. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh. I can't remember. And it's just so hard to breathe, isn't it? Yeah. You know that way that you think you're kind of like ex, ex, um, not exhaling, but you're you're kind of like you're, and then you think, God, when am I going to be able to actually inhale again? I got Claire English. Do you know Claire English? She does that. She is oh, she's got a voice. She's got a vicious tongue on her, and she is. But my God, she is so funny, and she's the one person that actually oh, does it, and oh. it's such a brilliant bloody feeling. Well, the it's last great. time that I laughed, I get a feeling of it. Sorry, I get a feeling of it, and you're when I think of things that happened at school uh, or at uni. And I can't, I kind of start, I get it. And I kind of sort of really laugh inside and feel that kind of uncontrollable thing that it's like a muscle memory, yeah, you know? Yeah, I know. So do you remember being the golden boy then? I'm not the golden boy. You were the golden boy, Nikki. That's bollocks. <laughs> Did you not think of yourself as that? No, it what? was, I was terribly badly behaved and insecure 
and uh, racked with all sorts of rackness. Uh, where's this? This is some sort of myth. I was listening to you saying it earlier on, and I thought, what is she talking about? This is interesting, <laughs> isn't it? That you've got your own opinion of yourself, Kay. You've got. Yeah, you flirted when a was bit with Nikki, was this? No, it when was, was just, this? I just kind of knew of you, sort of late teens, early 20s. You were just a name that floated around. You were one of the boys most likely to succeed. And then you did, you know, as you say, you went on, you were a DJ, you went to Radio 1, all that stuff with that bloody horoscope thing that I actually believed. I'll never forgive you for that. Um, <laughs> I really you know what? This is it. a thing. This is a thing. A late night radio one where I used to do. I used to love doing this show because there's something about late night radio. It's really sort of intimate. I get that doing phone-ins as well. It's, there's a kind of intimacy to it. Um, you're kind of whispering to people. And I used to do this thing late at night in the competitions. And I used to guess everyone's star signs. So if somebody phoned up, I answered the phones myself. And I said, uh, I'd say to them, listen, if I guess you start, if I get, what's your star sign? Because I'll guess it. And, um, uh, and then uh, if I get it right, which I will, because you've just told me, act amazed. Okay. People would play along with it. And sometimes I wouldn't ask them and I'd guess. And if you didn't ask them and guessed and got it right, oh, then you could make amazing. a massive thing of it. <laughs> You say, hey, wait, 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 wait. Look, on, swear on your say, did I ask you? Did I ask you beforehand? Did I do that? Did I do that? Did I do that? And, um, and it's, no, 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 you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. It was great. And sometimes, interestingly, it's an interesting journey into psychology, this, because sometimes I would not ask them and guess sometimes, like, get it wrong, believe you. And then they'd always say, they wouldn't take it as a negative, say, oh, you don't get it wrong very often. And it would almost make them believe it more. So this worked offered, as a radio program? Oh, it did. I would no, be it's part of a little... radio program. It wasn't a radio, but it was no. part of a radio program. It was like yeah. the competition thing in the radio program. It was like live sessions and brilliant music and stuff like that and uh, in, in the average interviews with all that stuff. But it was, it was part of it. And as a result of it, um, Jonathan Kainer, that was at the Daily Mail's um, oh, yeah, I swore astrologer. by him. God, I, I actually liked him. him. I signed up for him. For his, yeah, um, he wrote about school. my extraordinary powers. <laughs> he did not. You did in the Daily Mail. And I was offered £5,000, which is a lot of money now. Yeah. It was a lot of money then. Oh, my God. I'd, I'd crawl down the bloody pavement with them. I didn't do anything for that. What year and, was uh, this? No, nah, it was, would have been 1991, 1992. I was offered £5,000 to go and, and headline uh, an astrological conference in The Hague. Oh my God <laughs> almighty. As a how result you, of it. What did you say? What was your answer? What did you say? I said, how dare you offer? How, how much? No, I didn't. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm busy. I said, even I could not um, sell my soul. To do that. <laughs> Did you tell him the truth? No. No, no. no. We didn't want to know no. the truth. We didn't want to know. No. We, we <laughs> probably did. We, the disciples, did not want to know the truth. Did So did you always feel you were headed for the top, Nikki? Oh, well, uh, when was this? 2021. Did we know each other? 20, not 2021. No. That's last year. I'm like going, no, 2021 years old. 20 oh, 2021. No, no, but I'm talking about in your 20s when you were like doing the Radio 1 DJ, Wheel of Fortune. Remember Wheel of Fortune? Yes. yes. I mean, that was golden boy time. Were you in your head headed for the top? I mean, I, I'll say I'm a very ambitious <clears throat> person. Well, I've lost it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Karen is, says she's never been an ambitious person. No, I'm quite happy that. You surely were always ambitious. Well, I was obsessed with radio from a very early age and I wanted to be on the radio, I would say. I wanted to be, there was some magic about the radio and me and my friend Robert Harley, 
and Ian Glenn, um, Ian who was in, uh, is a great actor. Uh, he was in uh, uh, Game of Thrones and all sorts mm. of stuff. Um, the Hamlet of his generation, all that makes me sick. Uh, and also um, Robert Harley, who wrote Green Wing and all sorts of stuff. We were at school together, and uh, and I discovered. I was kind of leading the pack on this because I was so obsessed with radio. I discovered it was really easy to get on phone-in shows as you know, characters. And there was this phone-in show called Dial Webster on a Sunday morning and we used to inhabit it. And once we comprised, all the calls comprised of our calls. And because we were good, we actors. Um, and it was, come on the air and ventilate your grievance. Call now. <laughs> 0131, what is in the news? Well, you know, blah, 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 and all that stuff. We'd call in with, uh, with all sorts of stuff. I remember being a... Uh, uh, rabies was a thing. Everyone was worried. You know, everyone's worried. Always worried about some plague yeah. and pestilence. And they were worried about rabies getting into Edinburgh or something at the time. It was a story. And uh, the uh, I called up as a vet advising on rabies. You did. Uh, I remember. Yeah. And uh, and my, I put the radio out. Mum and Dad were doing the roses. There was a wee front. It was terraced house, but it was a wee a wee sort of front garden. There was at roses, and I plonked the radio out. To, so I was on the phone and I watched them listening to it. And I was saying, oh, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible disease. But I would, I would recommend that if you have any symptoms of it, stretch for the Dettol. Um, <laughs> pour some Dettol in the bath and bathe yourself in the Dettol. And that's a very, very good protection against this terrible, terrible, terrible disease. And I, she's taking me on a, on a level because he doesn't think that some uh, impertinent 15-year-old, 16-year-old is going to be impersonating a vet. And so this is one of one of many of our things that we did. And then I watched mum's reaction to it. I watched them looked at, they looked at each other. Okay, and mum came in the house and went, there's a terrible man on the radio. <laughs> an absolute ghastly man on the radio. And she came in and I was like on the phone. And she had this, uh, and I said it was me, she had this sort of half anger but half pride. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I used to get a sh- I, we used to get the phone in the phone in shows and uh, the competition shows and always pretend to be other people and do crazy stuff. What, what was um, that about? Were you just a cocky little shit or were you a trouble? What, what was that about? I think I probably was, but well, I definitely was. But uh, he, he, and and but I think it was also. Uh, just I loved it. I loved the excitement. I loved the feeling of the electricity of talking. And there's lots of people listening. And it's the, just the magic of radio. I just like listening to Kenny Everett and all that stuff. And, and then when I joined Capital Radio, the first person I ever spoke to on the air when I joined Capital Radio doing the changeovers because I was doing the show after him was Kenny Everett. My God. Well, yeah, he a true legend, a true legend. Yeah. And I was down for Capital from because I sent them a tape and they got me down to do a show. And then they said, um, it was a Saturday afternoon, so like two to five, and he was on like 10 till two, uh, uh, something like that, uh, uh, 12 till two, playing lots of, and I remember watching him through the glass, and he always used to play a Beatles song, he was playing up, um, I'll Follow the Sun. Uh, it was because someday you'll look to see I've gone, but tomorrow may rain, so I'll follow the sun. It's a sweet tune. And he was just a little, he was just in a, in a little bubble of, beauty with it. He was just in a complete zone with the song with his eyes shut, listening to the tune. So I went downstairs and um, then the producer said, like, come up and come up now and we'll do a changeover with Ev. And so I thought, I was bloody terrified to do a changeover with Ev. <laughs> like, you know, so up I went up the stairs into the studio and can you imagine? And then I sat there and um, he didn't spit in any open the microphone and coming up after me. And, uh, 
midday or whenever, two o'clock, it's you, it's you, who, who are you, who are you? I said, my name's Nikki, and I'm I'm coming up uh, after da-da-da-da, Mr. Everett, and I'm going to be doing da-da-da. I said, don't be too good, or I shall have you garroted and dragged down Euston Road. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, amazing. And then I went upstairs before the show, and then Alan Freeman came across. I remember lying on my carpet listening to uh, uh, Welcome Back, My Friends, to the show that never Not off. Uh, and all the, you know, the Saturday afternoon stuff on Radio 1 when I was a kid listening to it and thinking, oh, my God, this is magical. This is amazing. Then Alan Freeman came up to me and he said, uh, are you on later on or two? I said, yeah. He said, are you nervous? I said, yes, I am. I am nervous. It's good. If you're not nervous, you won't be any good. All right? Oh yep. <laughs> hell. Are you a fire I know. Are you a fire sign by any chance? A what? A fire sign. When's your birthday? Oh, are you going to guess my star sign? I think I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, got big moment. Sagittarian? Leo? No, Arian? no, no. Aries. <laughs> Aries. Aries. Sorry, Aries. Is that like alien? Guy, <laughs> alien. There was some guy uh, tweeting me. I said, I used to listen to your show. You used to guess star signs. It's incredible. Uh, did you do it by Twitter? And I saw the guy's name and I looked at his business. <laughs> and I, I found him on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And it had his date of birth. God, so, so I tweeted. I worked out when that was, and I tweeted it back. Sagittarius. And went, oh! <laughs> right, I'm going to tweet you. So listen, that tremendous excitement that you just described there. Do you still have that in your life? Completely. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you, on. Where'd you get it from? Well, um. That excitement, I'm very happy at home. I got huge excitement the other night. It was a moment the other night which gave me huge excitement. And it combined, I'm so happy. I've got four beautiful daughters. I've got an amazing uh, wife. So happy and settled. And I've got my mental health diagnosed and sorted out. And, um, well, never sorted out, but diagnosed. And we know what's going on. That was a big thing for me, being diagnosed bipolar. And then recently, ADHD, there's a lot of comorbidity, which has explained a lot. They all said, now, go and get... Go and get diagnosed. Go on, go on. So I got down. I like ticked every single box. So it's it quite funny. I'm interested in you saying, as an adopted person, you're fascinated by their connection. I mean, given that you do have four daughters <laughs> and you, you've got a great family life that you've spoken about before, is there sometimes a bit of out of body with you? I know you had a fantastic upbringing as well with your, your mom and dad. I'm not trying to, to suggest anything otherwise. But do you have a constant kind of fascination with these familial bonds? Endless. And some Lilla kind of knows where I'm coming from on this because I'll, we'll be sitting downstairs watching television and I'll go, and she goes, what? And I go, you three, you're kind of like, you're full siblings and related to each other. And, you know, you, and I'm like, you're, you've got like some of my genes and chromosomes and stuff that's just and Lily gets she goes I know she says I understand where you cut it's amazing isn't it it's just weird it's just I says, weird you it's part of me and a part of mummy and it's you it's like what the fuck and she says yeah I said it's it's, it's it's fucking bookie it's fucking crazy she says you know so she gets it I know the other thing is cousins right um for a lot of people it's like hey, cousins yeah, yeah yeah um but for adopted people when they have found their birth family and they found they've got cousins it's like cousin <laughs> <laughs> i got a cousin 
god! Oh my god! The cousin. Uh, so it's quite interesting those those different uh, reactions and perceptions of things too. You mentioned Central Weekend earlier on. We were on that together, weren't we? We, that we did. That was great fun. I loved that. How do you think? I mean, and you can't answer this question because it's hypothetical. But I wonder how you will feel if grandchildren come along. Oh, amazing! Amazing. I hope it's not soon though. They need to do. <laughs> they know. They, they, you know what I mean. They need to do a bit. They need to do stuff. Just like something. How old are the here. girls, Nikki? Twenty-four, mm. nearly. Um, twenty. I don't know. Something like I don't, that. I don't Between know. levels and twenty-four. Right, Seventeen. Enough, that's true. Twenty-one, twenty-two. 20, there's four of them, and they go between twenty-four. Oh. I'll be them now. Uh, I can, <laughs> so, somewhere like twenty, somewhere like twenty-four, twenty-three, Some twenty-one, seventeen, something like that. I can't yes. remember. It's part of my brain. I can't remember stuff like that. Do you worry about them? In what sense? In any sense. I mean, like I, I constantly worry about my kids, which my partner gets very pissed off about. I mean, not that he loves them any less, but he gets irritated by my constant worry. Um, you know, I'm just always looking for something bad to happen, worried that something bad will happen. He's a much more relaxed character. <laughs> do you worry yeah. about yours? All the time. We both do. We're quite similar, me and Tina. We're warriors. We're right. a bit both, we're both a bit glass half empty sometimes. Uh, of course you do. Um so yeah. is that, is that your happy place then, Nikki? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Central weekend was a crazy show. We told Karen about that show. Yeah, it Karen, was. Karen doesn't watch telly, so no, she doesn't watch it. She's never watched this woman. But she, I recognise she, you, Nikki. Yeah, yeah. You're very, very honoured, I tell you. Very honored. <laughs> Even if you do look like David Bowie. I mean we used to we used to do like debates flying all the way from um, you know, the bombing Serbia to is Elvis dead? And yeah. uh, you know, like uh silicon fun. silicon boobs and the to the Birmingham six. It was an incredible canvas, you yeah, know, wasn't it? The Amazing. silicon boobs. I'll never forget the woman that I, I interviewed. It must have been in my segment. So she had had this augmentation but it was a special augmentation which allowed for two sizes so it was like two implants and you could deflate the lower Jesus. one or you could inflate the lower oh one so God. she could either be you know like a a 42 treble g or she could be a 42 double d and she you know and she demonstrated how it would work and it's that thing nikki isn't it you've got to stand there with a relatively straight face and go mm, interesting oh yes very good smashing how much did that cost and you think <laughs> my god i remember actually the other time was interviewing mary queen of scots who had been <laughs> reincarnated mm-hmm. and, and she oh told God. me the story of how her head had been chopped off and it had been really quite unpleasant. And, and you, we, like, nowadays you wouldn't be allowed to have people like that on, would you? <laughs> well, yes, but I think, I think it works so much better if you treat them with, uh, you know, respect and take them on a level. You're very good at doing that, but uh, it's, it's so much better than going, uh, you know, you're Barry Coon and Scots. Yeah. I remember having my head chopped off. Shut up. <laughs> Right, this is where I would struggle. Yeah. It's far better to go. Oh, really? What What was it like? I mean, do you remember the actual? Yes, I do. You go. You go. It's much better to to take that attitude. I remember one night that we were do, we were doing the uh, what was it called the the Common Agricultural Policy. Do you remember the European oh, Union? God, yeah. But you're going to go into the Maastricht Treaty in a minute. But there you go. No, we're doing the Common Agricultural Policy, and they, the Kevin, the producer, the guy who was so on, most on top of that was this Tory called Lord Onslow, right? And so the, he he drank up this guy, Lord Onslow. He's getting up. He was up there. They got the car for him up from London to Birmingham. There he was in the studio, gnawing at a prawn and with a glass of cheap red wine before the show. <laughs> 
uh, Kevin's chatting to him. And then Kevin came up to me and said, and he was the main man in the common agricultural policy debate. And Kevin came up to me and said, uh, Nicky, yeah, I said, yeah, um, uh, it's the wrong Lord Onslow. Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah. I said, what, who, who's this guy then? He said, uh, he's some backwoodsman. Um, and he doesn't know anything about the common agricultural <laughs> oh, policy. La, la. I said, well, what's his, what's his thing? What's his, yeah. his big thing that he wants to talk about is laminated Bibles. <laughs> oh, my that's, God. That's his thing. I said, what did you say to him? Have you told him we can't talk about laminated Bibles? <laughs> can't even said, set no, them on fire. I'm just going to put him there. So he looks in the, in the seat because we've got nothing else to, to go to. I mean, some marvelous moments, marvelous moments. Nice. Marvelous moments. But it's I an interesting it. observation you make, actually, about the style of kind of interviewing that is now much more prevalent. Uh, I mean, uh, well, I was going to say Piers Morgan, I'm just going to say it. But, you know, that angry, challenging, you know, you know, just mm-hmm. absolutely get stuck in. Whereas I guess that period of time and I still stick with this because I think you get so much more out of people if you let them talk um and so gently probe rather than aggressively probe I've done I've done a I've done aggressively probe and I I I don't um I think I would have got much more if I'd you know done it a slightly different way the other morning I felt really good the other morning because I fell out with a Tory MP I was interviewing um and I it was one of those moments about um uh, well, let me answer the question. You answer the question. You answer the question. Well, I'm asking the question. You not answer the question. Well, let me answer the question. But you're not answering the question that I asked you. It was one of those moments. Yeah. And it sort of flared up in the middle. And then at the end, I sort of went, um, "Look, I'm, I'm sorry we fell out um, halfway through the interview there, but, but thanks for coming." And he said, "No, no, no." He said, "Listen," he said, "You are one of the most charming interviews on the radio, and it's not a problem." And I felt really good about it. It's like an expiation of sin. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, and it would, the audience would have liked that as well because mm. they, you know, whatever they thought, what, you know, would have thought, hey, everything's all right. They're just, you know, like grown-ups and they're doing their thing and and I'm kind of much more that now than I used to be. You yeah. Know? Do you think you have mellowed, Nikki? Yeah, I definitely have mellowed, yeah. When I look at the Wheel of Fortune on Challenge TV, which I don't do a lot, but I, <laughs> the, the, um, I can't, it's like someone else. It's like, ooh, swagger, swagger, you know, a bit of that. And I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get it. And then Top of the Pops as well, uh, which is BBC4. They show it on a Friday night. And then I, I look at my timeline. I got lots of sort of tweets saying, not lots, but I got three saying, oh, you're a, Twat then you're a twat now, and uh, and I kind of think, oh, thanks for getting in touch. But it's um, what brought the change of, then, Nikki? I don't know. I just think just being finding out who you are, and that's part of that is is being adopted and tracing and knowing. And I bi- bipolar type two all my life, and subject to depression, and then uh, manic episodes. You know, being bad, doing bad things, being high, being low. Uh, When I traced my birth mother and then finally realized I'll reconcile myself to the fact that that didn't work. But then understanding that she was bipolar type one and the fact that it was kind of a connection almost. It was when I, it all made sense when I was diagnosed. It kind of brought me closer to her because... I felt in a way it was because these things like bipolar and ADHD, they, and I know there's a whole thing about, oh, we over-medicalize everything, but it's, it's, be, it's been a big thing in my life. And um, they can be a blessing, you know, they can. Because when I went to the ADHD man 
and I ticked every single box. It's sort of like trivial questions. Like, you know, when you're watching a film, do you ever lose a plot and have a, not have a clue what's going on? I said, yeah, it's a, it's a family joke. I have to keep saying, what's happened? What's happened? Because your brain, your brain flies off some, somewhere else. And, um, and finding finding all that stuff out and, and, and stuff making sense. You see, that's classic. I was telling you something. I've completely forgotten what I was telling you. That's well, a classic thing. No, it's not. That Honestly, um, just listening to you there, Nikki, was quite hypnotic. And going back to, you know, being 60 and, and getting to this stage of life, do you think now you know yourself? Yeah, I think I think so. I think so much better, much better. And I think I think before I wasn't being myself. I was putting on a front. This is the idiot boy with the golden hair that you talk about that never really existed. That was the golden boy or whatever that you you kind of vaguely knew. But that was that was that was like lots of swagger and poise and um, Tom Robinson lyric um, hanging out with the boys or swagger and poise. War baby. Um, and uh, it was a bit of that, you know, a bit of the uh, Cox of the Walk. Um, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was kind of um, putting on a front, putting all that stuff on. Although I've, I've always, uh, there was, it's always been there, you know, mm. it's always been there, but it was like putting on that front and thinking, I remember doing the Wheel of Fortune, joining Radio One and just thinking I was the, I was just thinking I was amazing. Yeah, it's not no, bad not, to have not, that. Not amazing at all. I know, but it's not bad to have that because if you think of your own children now, and and we've mm. all got, we're thankful to have close relationships with our children, you know, you you want to encourage them to have a bit of swagger, a bit of confidence, yeah. don't you? It's yeah. just getting it right. It is getting it right. That's right. And it's very difficult when all of a sudden, one minute you're on a local radio station and the next minute you're on Radio One. And then the next minute you're on a national game show because there was only four stations having 13 million viewers. So it does your head in a bit, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I'm not talking, it's not, I'm, it's not a George Michael situation. Let's not get it out, 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 <laughs> of, out of context or out of uh, uh, proportion here. But it was kind of quite a, it was quite a head fuck, you know, on, on, the, on the way through, especially when you're, sort of uh, anguished as well about you're going up and you don't know why you're lying on the bed crying for two days. You don't understand why, why, oh, I'm just sad and you can't cope with stuff. And then you're, but the thing about it's very good for what I do. You see, so that's what, that's what I was talking about. Um, the, the ADHD man said, uh, it's not a condition because it's not a problem. Because if you're relatively intelligent and you're in a got your job that suits it, it's just like a part of you. And that's my thing about a lot of mental health, the positives of it, that what the bits that don't drag us down are just us. They're just us. And uh, he said that ADHD has helped you in doing what you do because yeah. what you do is suited to to that, that kind of... Yeah. Well, and that's acceptance, I suppose. And I mean, now we're, mm. we're much more knowledgeable about um, neurodiversity and we often talk about people on the autistic spectrum that actually for certain jobs and roles in life, um, they're absolutely wonderful, much better than your neurotypical. So, I mean, so much has changed in terms of the way that um, we, we see people. Um, which has got to be positive. Listen, Nikki, we've taken a lot of your time. Can we take a minute more to do some big six o bingo? We've only just begun. We've only just begun. We've only just begun. The Carpenters, I'm not as good a singer as you are, and I don't have as good musical taste, clearly. A kiss for luck, and we're on our way. <laughs> oh, so do you know we're going to finish? Let's have some she had bingo. A, she had a voice. Uh, right, we've got our first bingo number. It is a number nine. If you could have had another life. 
What would it have been, Nikki? I'd like to have been an actor. Yeah. Or I'd like to have just written music full time. I do it now, part time. And I've, you know, had stuff I've written played on the radio, which is amazing feeling. Um, but I'd like to have done it all the time because I'm at my happiest when I'm sitting at this that piano over there with uh, all my samples and playing the piano and putting the guitar on the microphone. I can go up and 11 o'clock in the morning and next time I look at the clock, it's six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Things, things that absorb. And, uh, and sometimes I think I quite like to have been... Uh, uh, no further questions, my lad. Oh, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that was my other choice, definitely. Let me... Ask you one last question. Yes. You know, how about that? Yeah. yeah. Can I put it to you? So Can you I put it to you. You'd have loved it. You'd have been good at that. Oh, I'd have loved that. So you have You'd a have hobby. You'd have been disarming. You'd have been disarming. Thank you very much. Yeah. You have a hobby in your music. Karen keeps telling me I need to get a hobby as as I get older, but I a haven't passion. managed to find one yet. So yeah, passion, there you go. Yeah. Uh, one last bingo. Um, right. Number, What's your question? Number Sorry. eight. Hardest year of your life. That's interesting. I think it was probably 1989 when I traced my birth mother um, because I thought it would be the, I was in a, a, a really bad relationship at the time. And also we were, you're, look, you're always looking for reasons why things are bad. Uh, and it was far more complicated than that. But we, or I alighted on the fact that it was the, that I didn't know um, who my birth mother was. And I just, this is all caveated by mum and dad who adopted me are my real mum and dad. Mm. But there is that still that, that sense of, I want to know, I want to put everything in place and I want to understand what happened and where I came from because I don't want to die not understanding and not knowing. And uh, meeting the, you know, meeting the woman who gave birth to you in a hotel foyer in, in, in Dublin is a, is a, is a tough call. And there's lots to, there's lots in it and there's lots that happened. Um, and um, it didn't solve anything. I went upstairs and literally in a cliched way after we'd met, I, call, I, I curled up onto the bed in a fetal position. And I thought, what the hell am I doing here? I've got a, I've got a mummy. And then she was trying to be my mummy, went to her house that night and she made chicken marengo and, and it was, she was fussing over me. And I just, you know, there's moments, oh, take me out of here. I want to go. I want to go anywhere. I want to run, open the door and just run and run and run and run and run. And then um, she was incredibly needy. And I felt guilty about the fact that I didn't, um, I'd found her and I didn't um, speak to her whenever she wanted me to speak to her when she ran me at two in the morning. And because oh, she was having flights of fancy and, and she was, and it was only alleviated really that, that t- terrible time that it didn't solve anything. It was only alleviated when I met my birth sister, my birth half sister, Esther. Um, and we compared notes and she said, Esther's an in, in, incredible person. He's got a great, great brain. She got a first in maths from St. Andrew. Who gets, a, hell. Who gets a first in maths? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Esther. <laughs> Esther. Uh, she's great. Um, she's a management consultant. What's that? I don't know. Anyway, she uh, had exactly the same experience and she we sort of exchanged notes and she got nothing back, nothing back really. Only, only trivialities and uh, nonsense nothing no, no questions answered and um, nikki listen thank you so much um it's been really lovely to speak to you you golden boy yeah um, listen before you go nikki golden i've boy, just looked my, up what? your birthday and you are a fire sign you're oh, is it, I, don't, is it, I don't know anything about astrology oh i know nothing either all i know is that fire signs are like out there because i'm one <laughs> and you're one too <laughs> 
<laughs> you're not key. I'm a little goat. And you, you, you're a. I think it's you're a water sign. Capricorn. Is right? Yeah. Is that not, is you that dampen my fire. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Somebody's got to. That's all I can say. <laughs> Nikki, thank you. Tara, I'll let Ta-ra. you know when it's going out. <laughs> nice really great. Thanks yeah. very much. And thanks for being so flexible. God, you know what strikes me there with Nikki? I mean, I started off by saying, you know, when I was a kid and I knew of him and he was the golden boy. Um, you just never know what's going on in people's lives, do you? No. No, it's funny. And it's funny what how he reacted to that and what he thought of himself then and then what came out later on yeah. with what he's been saying. Yeah. And that thing about, I mean, do you think you've worked out who you are? I mean, obviously, Nikki's really had to to work at finding out who he is. Yeah, and it, it needs a lot of work, doesn't it? And it needs focus. And uh, I think the answer to that is no, not yet. So at the age of 62, you don't think you would say, yeah, yeah, I, I know who I am now? No, I still shy away from stuff that I know I need to delve into. Really? Yeah. That is work in progress, shall we say? Yeah, I think I'm there. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do actually. Right, I do. Can, I, can I think... we come back to this in another episode? Yeah, because I'm wrong out. I think you you've a long way to go yet. No, <laughs> not a long way to go. That's slightly <laughs> no, no, rude. No, I think you've got a bit of a journey no, no. still to go. I mean, I, I think I'm like I'm flawed. I mean, I, it's not that I'm saying, oh yeah, I've worked it all out. I'm absolutely, you know, everything sorted. I mm. think I'm flawed. Whether I'm going to change those flaws at this period in my life, I don't know. But I think I recognise them. Yes, yes. But Ch- I don't want you to point them out because no, I'm no. too tired. Okay? Change is good, Kay. Change is good. Good. All right. See you next week. Yeah, cheerio. So Karen hasn't worked out who she is yet, still has got rooms that she hasn't walked into yet. Um, I kind of think that I have. Maybe I am kidding myself on. But what about you? Have you reached that stage in life where you have worked out who you are? Or are you still a work in progress? You can email us at podcast at htb60.com. That's podcast at htb60.com.